You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score in an NFL game this week can win $100 in free bets. It's just that easy. Welcome to, I don't even know what episode this is anymore. I lost lost count, but you know, we're, we're in the thick of the season here and as the season goes on, so do changes. And this week in the NHL, there sure were a lot of changes in the yeah, a lot of coaches the coaching carousel continues to spin in the national hockey league yeah so you know we were talking about who could we talk to to get some perspective on this and uh you guys decided to reach out to dallas stars head coach rick bonus ironically since dallas stars just beat the coyotes last night but you know we thought he'd have some good insight you know he's a coach that uh rick bonus he's he's had a, a stop in the Valley. So he's been an interim head coach an assistant coach. He's guys been through it all. He's been fired. He's stepped in as an interim four different times. Um, so he brought some perspective to what's going on around the league. And you know what? We got a, a, a few thoughts on what happened last night in the Coyotes game and kind of seeing where his team is headed. And it was really nice to touch base with coach bonus. And Craig and I had a chance to talk to him this morning on a follow-up to Craig's interview that came out yesterday. Um, so if you want to, Leah, let's go ahead and take a listen. All right. Let's send it to the interview with Dallas Stars head coach, Rick Bonus. And we want to welcome in our special guest today, Rick Bonus, head coach of the Dallas Stars and former head coach of the Arizona Coyotes and assistant coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Interim head coach. We're going to get into the interim tag later, Bones, because it's not the first time that you wore the interim tag no. in your coaching career. No. Uh, first off, we just wanted to start with uh, – with last night's game. I mean, we are here for the Coyote fan and, and most of us watched the game last night. So can you give us your thoughts on the, the Coyote stars game from last night? Well, I'll tell you what, for 40 minutes, they, they made us, um, they played a very solid game. They were right on top of us. It, it, I know it looks slow from, from the, the uh, fans perspective, but they were right on top of us and we couldn't find any open ice. Um, and it, they made it really hard for us to get our game going. And the, and the third, we got that second goal, and that kind of opened the doors up a little bit. We started creating more offense. We started spending more time in the in the ozone. But give them a lot of credit for hanging in there with us for 40 minutes. That's twice we played them. We barely beat them in Arizona. It was 3-2, and they made it very hard for us last night. So the team is playing very, very hard, and they're hard to play against. 
we found a way to get that cushion of a goal in the third period. And then that opened the doors a little bit more for us. Rick, seven straight wins for this team now. What's clicking for the for the stars right now? Well, for the most part, it's been the uh, Rupe Hints, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson line scoring a lot of goals for us. And, and our goaltending has been much better during that stretch. Uh, both goal scoring for the team and goaltending early in the year was a little inconsistent. We just couldn't get get it going in the same game. Uh, but for the last probably 10, 12 games, it's been a lot better. Goaltending has been solid. Uh, Rupe's line has been scoring goals. And the difference last night was the Jamie Benn score line scoring three goals for us. So um, we need – we need. and one thing I've been preaching about for the last week as we're going on a tough road trip this week is we've got to get more balanced scoring. And we got it last night uh, from the Jamie Benn line. Uh, but the seven-game stretch, a lot of it Rupe hits like two three goals every game. And especially teams have been good. So it's been a combination of things. Yeah, and you look at the standings now and you're finally above that double playoff line tied with Colorado. Um, it's a good hockey team, Bones. I mean, you're deep. You can get scoring from all different places. Your goaltending's been solid. And you got some some skill on the back end. All the things the Coyotes are hoping for in the years to come. So it's we coming. wish you the it's coming. You know what? We wish you the best of luck. Twenty twenty eight. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. No, but, <laughs> a little rough so, around you right now, Bones. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough go, Bones, but the, you know people are believing in it, so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Hey, we just celebrated. I know Craig wrote an article about it about celebrating your twenty five hundredth game behind the bench in the National League. First of all, that's an absolutely incredible number. Like I, I'm exhausted literally just thinking about that. It's so tiring, and for people that don't know what this lifestyle is like, it's planes, trains, automobiles, no sleep, hotels. It is hard. How physically bones? How have you been able to get through twenty five hundred? Um, I, I look after myself, especially as I'm now in my sixties, mid sixties. Um, I like to run, as you know, Petey. I like to run, and it's good for men. And physically, it, it keeps me fit because at 66, um, you know, I want to make sure every day I come to the rink with positive energy and enthusiasm. And, and I'm not going to let these younger guys have more of that than me. So <laughs> I'm going to make sure I look after myself and bring the energy and bring the enthusiasm every day. But I, I guess the whole thing is, I, I listen, I love the game like you guys do. Uh, it's been a passion of mine. My dad played in the Montreal Canadiens farm system for a couple of years. He passed a lot of passion for the game for me, and I've always had it. And I think that's what drives me and, and keeps me going today. Um, you know, if you look at all the teams I've coached, and as you know, Petey, uh, people say, okay, he's coached a lot of teams. What people forget is that every time you change a team, you've got to go home and tell your wife you're fired. You tell your kids you're fired. you got to pack up. We're going to a new house. We're going to a new school. We're going to meet new friends. Uh, so there's a, there's a price that your family pays in order for us, in order for me to do this. Uh, but they've been so loving and supportive through the whole thing. They love it as much as I do. Judy never misses a game, as you know. And it's just, it just becomes a normal way of life for us. It's not a normal light way of life, the way you put it, Petey, for people to understand how we live. But this is the only life we know. It's the only life my kids know. And so it's kind of been a normal life for us. But uh, 2,500 games, it's it's funny. When I started as 28 years old coaching in Winnipeg, and I was younger than some of the players I coached, now I'm old enough to be Miro's grandfather. So, <laughs> you know, it's, kind of, it's five decades, and uh, we loved every second of it. We hated the firings. We hated the moving. But 
We always look, okay, we have a new challenge in front of us. We're going to go meet new, new, new people. It's a new, another opportunity. So I, it's the passion that has driven me forward all these years and continues to drive me. And I tell Judy all the time, the morning I wake up and I don't want to go to the rink, that's the day we know we're going to retire. We're not there yet. You mentioned uh, to me when we spoke, when I wrote the story yesterday, that you had a, a practice when you went to a new city, you always got a house. You never rented. Can you talk to a little bit about that, the, the thinking behind that? Well, as a coach, you're automatically we, – we never approached the game like this. And I know that old cliche of coaches are hard to be fired. We never looked at it that way, not once. Do we ever look going into a new city and say, we're only going to be here a short time, they're going to fire us. We That was the wrong approach. We went into every city. We're going to stay here a long time. So the message you have to send your family – is that we're going to be here for a long time. When you start renting homes in every city you go to, you're, there's almost a, there's a hidden message there to your kids. We're not planning on being here long. So no matter where we went, we bought a house and we made it our home. And uh, Judy was adamant about that. It doesn't matter what city you are, your four walls are your home. And so we always took that approach. You're renting a home, you can't do the things inside and decorate it the you want. So we made a, a point with our children. We're always uh, we're buying a home, but we always pre-scout the neighborhood. You do pre-scouting out, PD, <laughs> yeah. ESPN. We would pre-scout a neighborhood, and we drive around and see a bunch of kids playing or swing sets or whatever it was. Okay, this looks like a good friendly neighborhood, and we focused on that. When we talk about you, so fighting this cold. <laughs> we talk about your family's adjustment, and by the way. For people that don't know Rick Bonus, and this is the one thing I think that's helped you survive 2,500 is you always put your family first. And hockey is important and winning is important, but your family is what drives your life. So a testament to what you've done. And I know the success of your kids is all a testament to how you've approached this family thing. But I want to get back to hockey because when I watched you before I even worked with you, I watched you early in your career behind the yeah. bench. You had... I don't know if we'll say a temper, but you were fiery. You were passionate. <laughs> Is that a fair statement? You were excited behind the bench. Um, but you see you now and your demeanor behind the bench of, bench of the Dallas Stars, you're a much different, calmer person. Now, now the game has evolved in, in how you can treat players and how you coach players from back in the 90s to where you coach the players and treat them today. How has that been a part of the way you've approached coaching? How have you evolved to change with the game? Well, I'm glad you didn't see that game in Columbus this year because I snapped behind. Oh, no. So it's still there. Uh, <laughs> what you learn is, I think, when I was in Boston, I was very calm the whole year because the coaches they had before me were firing all the time. So I went in with a totally different approach. Um, when we went to Ottawa, I think losing gets frustrating. And I think that that brings in. We weren't very good, as you know, for, for those years. We were... Again, we were building through the draft. When you build through the draft, you're going to lose for a while. Uh, the frustration of losing gets you. But, yeah, I've learned to tone it down a little bit. You can't be – players when before would respond a lot more to that uh, than they do now. You, you're, you're good for a couple of those years at the most uh, with, with today's hockey player. They don't want to be yelled and screamed at every day. They just don't. Communication 
with your players today is absolutely paramount. You have to be able to build a relationship with each and every player. You have to have open communication. And so you, you, you're, you're doing it in a different way now. There's a lot more one-on-one -on -one talking to the players than yelling and screaming at the group. So I've, I've toned it down a lot, um, but I've always tried, as you know, Petey, I've always tried to have a good relationship with the player, one-on-one -on -one, uh, open communication throughout my entire career. I've always taken the approach with coaching that I want to coach the way I want. I will coach the way I wanted to be coached. And I wanted the coach to be honest with me, upfront with me. Just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Just work with me and, and make me a better player. So the communication is absolutely huge in today's game with this younger generation uh, and the yelling and the screaming. You just can't get away with that and can't once or twice a year just to get their attention and wake them up. Yeah. You have to. You got to be able to kick them in the butt when they needed a good kick in the butt. And it, honestly, players they, they know when they need it. Uh, but again, that, the communication is far more important now than the yelling and screaming. Okay. Well, let's. We're going to get into the news of the last forty-eight hours in the National the Hockey League. Bones. Something else that's changed about. Here's the tough segue. Yeah. So we've seen coaches around the league, and we're not going to ask specifically about the, the guys that have been let go um, because that's we don't have involvement with those teams specifically. But but I want to know from your perspective, because you've been on both sides of this. You've been a guy that's been let go in the middle of a season, and you've been a guy that's had to go from being an assistant coach and taking that interim tag more than once in both occasions. Um, when you've been fired, a couple things I want to know is, do you feel it coming? Even when you get like, you look at Travis Green in Vancouver two weeks ago, they get on and oh, Travis is still our coach and, and then it just falls apart and you're gone. Can you walk us through what that's like? Do you feel it in the room? And and how do you tell your family? Yeah, you, you do. You do feel it because I think it all goes back to what are the team's expectations going into the season? And the two coaches that recently got fired, Vancouver had high aspirations for their team, as did the Flyers. And both of those are pressure-filled markets. They, they, the fans, the organization, they expect to win now. And when things start to slide um, and uh, all that pressure builds and you can't get away from it, you, can't, you, you, you just can't. It stays with you 24 hours a day. You're trying to figure something out. But you, you know, as a coach, you're trying all these different things. And when you don't see it coming around, you, you know, unless it turns around very quickly and suddenly that your job is on the line. And, and that is, that's, that's stressful. And you can't, again, you, it's with you for 24 hours a day. You say, leave your job at home or at the rink and go home. You can't, it's with you. And it's stressful on your families. It's stressful on everyone, but you do feel it coming that, you know, only because, it goes back to the expectations of the team going into training camp, expectations of the fans, the media, your sponsors. Everyone's expecting the team to do well. And when it doesn't go well, you know you're going to be, you're probably going to be the fall guy. And then sometimes it's almost a relief. When I got let go in Ottawa, it was a relief because I knew I had done everything I possibly could and it wasn't going to turn around. And it didn't turn around until they made a bunch of changes, with starting with goaltending and with five or six other players. So if the team is unwilling and can't, because it's harder today with the cap era, to make a bunch of changes, you know it's probably it's going to roll. And, and you just can't get away from it. But again, if the expectations are high and the team is underachieving, 
You can't trade a lot of players today. You can't go in and make a four for four trade. You can't turn it around because of the cap and the no and the no movement clauses, which are far more prevalent today than they've ever been. So you're the guy that's going to pay the price, and you've got to go home and and tell your family. Now, the first time I got fired in Boston, I went home. You know, we all had a good cry because we just we'd never been fired before. I left Winnipeg on my own terms, and they offered me a lifetime contract, but I, I wanted to go work for the Boston Bruins, so I left. Um, anyways, it, it, it's it's devastating. You know, that's been seven, eight times. You kind of okay. It's got over. But it's still, it's 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 a painful, painful day because you got to remember when a coach is fired. In in my situation, because my younger kids, your kids are still going to school the next day, and the yeah. ones you know, when I get fired. They all know. All the parents at the breakfast table, well, your friend's father got fired. It's big news, especially in the markets where I was working. So it's just it's incredibly hard on your family. And that's when you've got to make sure you're you're rallying the troops and you get together and that that close bond you have with your family helps you pull through it. Here are some of the stats on this, not to to underline the uh the depressing nature of your industry, but five coaches, just five coaches in the NHL have been on the job for at least four years. 11 coaches took over their post in 2021. So I did this story a couple of years ago. No other major sport in the, in North America has as volatile uh, a coaching situation as the NHL. The data just backs it up. That's incredible. I know you said you never approach this position as, you know, you're hired to be fired. You, you can't approach it that way. But Rick, how do you operate in that environment? Do coaches talk amongst themselves about what it's like? I mean, do you guys... Is it like therapy for you guys where you're talking on the phone to each other to, to help yourselves through it? You do. Then, you know, I reached out to Elaine. I coached Travis. I reached out to Travis. Um, you, you know, you've got the support of your peers. You do. And, and we, we all know what we go through. And we all know it's not it's not a fun day. But the NHL today, and it, 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 is, a, it's a, it, there's, it is a coaching carousel right now. The expectations for every team, other than if you come, you've got to come out and say, we're going to rebuild. And then the pressure's off. There's only a few teams a year doing that. So everyone's going, there's 32 teams, only 16 make the playoffs. Everyone's going into the season, other than maybe a couple of teams, thinking they're going to make the playoffs. And so there's a far more pressure on the coaches now than there have been in the last 10, 15 years. Again, a lot of it has to do with the cap and the limitations management can do to change your roster. But everyone... And in, 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 we need to make the playoffs to break even. We need to make the playoffs to make money. So it goes back to the business side of it. There's that. There's just far more pressure on coaches today than there has been in a long, long time. But that's again, it's just that's what we sign up for. If you can't take the pressure, don't go do something else. Right? We know when we sign a contract to coach that the pressure is going to be there. But it's what motivates us too. I, I love the pressure that comes with the job. It, you it, mentioned. It keeps you sharp, right? It keeps you, you've got to stay current. You've got to stay involved. It comes with the job. If you can't handle it, go do something else. You mentioned what what it's like in those big markets versus maybe some of the more non-traditional, as they're called. You were in Vancouver, obviously, and that fan base, that media, I think it's pretty fair to call them insane. So I'm going to go ahead and do it on this podcast. Uh, what's it like to operate in that environment? I don't know if you're a guy who reads and listens to media as well, but they're they're much more vocal in markets like that, and, and you're much more aware of your your standing in in the community, I guess. So what's it like to operate in one of those markets versus maybe a 
one where there's not quite as much attention on the team? Well, we left Arizona. We went to Vancouver. And wow. Um, and Alan and I went into um, Vancouver the first week of August just to run, just to get training camp ready and, and figure out how we're going to play video and everything. And there's like a five-hour talk show that day about the Canucks. So it's like the, the, in Vancouver, you, you mentioned Vancouver, the city, the province, it revolves around the mood of the hockey team. If the hockey team is doing well, it's upbeat and you're supportive, you can go for dinner. And people are out patting you on the back. Oh, your team's doing great. <laughs> yeah. You go out for dinner, you lose a couple. What's wrong with your power play? What's wrong with your penalty kill? You guys got to get going. So <laughs> that's all part of it. But I enjoyed that's a healthy pressure. And that scenario, that's a healthy pressure on all of us. It's a healthy pressure on the players. They know they've got to perform and they, they you, you can't hide. You can go to some markets, you can lose five or six, or you can hide. You go to those markets and in Boston and Philly and these markets. You're not hiding, and people want to know what's wrong with your team. But again, that's that keeps everyone it, it keeps everyone tuned in, and, it, and it's pressure on us. So uh, it's it's yeah, those markets are tough, but they're also when you're winning, there's no better place to be because the the, the whole you can feel the vibes that you know everyone's excited about the team. When we went to the playoffs in Vancouver, you had all these flags driving around and. You, you couldn't get away from it, but everyone was so excited about the playoff run we were on, and 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 you love it. That's what we all, you know. That's that's what we sign up for: the excitement that comes with winning, the excitement that comes with getting into the playoffs. So Mike Yo wakes up in Philadelphia one day as the assistant coach. The next day, same team, same staff, same bench, but now he's the head coach. And you've been through that. I've counted more than once on that one, two bones. So yeah. I counted four times. Winnipeg, New York, Arizona, and Dallas. Winnipeg, you, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it, that emotion. Your homework, buddy. I'm trying this. This media thing's tougher than you think, Bones. <laughs> Holy cow! Finally, somebody you. says it. I know, but but you look at that, and and I've always thought found that interesting because you are you were there from the beginning of the season. You were there through training camp. You've you've helped build this product, as it were. Like you're a part of the culture. You're a part of the day to day, and now you're in charge of it. Like what's that like that morning? Like I, I like you've got to feel something for your, your comrade who has just been fired, but now you're the guy. Now you got to do it your way. What's that like waking up that morning? Well, I'll give you the two examples. Uh, the, the last two were obviously Phoenix and, and Dallas in Phoenix. Um, yeah, we, Bobby and France, we worked closely together and that was hard when they, when they let Bobby go, that, that was really hard. The team at that point, um, they were, as you remember, they're okay. The season's over. We're going to sell our players. We're getting rid of guys. Mm -hmm. So you're going into that scenario. And it goes back to what I talked about earlier. You, as a coach, you've got to build strong relationships with your players. You do in today's NHL. So it helped that I had built relationships with a few of the guys, uh, but, and they could see what was happening. So I'm taking over that team knowing Okay, we're going to sell these players. We got to trade. We're going to we're, we'll worry about next year in the summer, and we'll build a team in the summer. So now you've got to go in there, and it, it's like you you've got to motivate your team and say, okay, yeah, I know we're losing all these guys, but we still want to win. So that that's a that's a tough scenario for anybody, um, especially when you've been working closely with the guys, and and you, and everyone you're saying all the right things. But everybody can see what's happened. They've given up on the season. They're they're preparing for the next year, and you still have to win every day. Positive, 
reinforce everything you're trying to do to win hockey games. The, the difference here in Dallas when I took over was the team was playing really, really well. And it's the first job I've taken over that the team was playing really well. There was off-ice issues involved with, with the coach here. So I took over a team that was playing really well. And I didn't have to make any changes. And the team was on a roll. The team was motivated. Um, so I didn't have to come in worrying about, geez, we got to change the forecheck. We got to change this. We got to change that. I didn't have to change anything. I just had to calm the, calm the waters. Say, okay, I know no one, was, no one saw this coming, uh, but we're all in this together. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and things will sort itself out at the end. So two totally different scenarios on the last interim jobs that I've taken over. This one was far easier because we had a good team. And it was a good <laughs> yeah. Team. We were winning and we weren't giving up on the season. We were pushing for it uh, to the playoffs. Mikey Owens' scenario, that's a tough one because he didn't even have a day to practice with the team. Uh, so now a lot of that would have depended on his relationships with the players prior to taking over that morning. And if you have a good rapport with the players, you know they have your back and they're going to do everything that they can to help you out. And so that's important. But um, again, but you need a couple of days to, to, to climb yourself with the job. All of a sudden, there's more demands on your time. Media are coming at you. Players are coming at you. Trainers are coming at you. Medical staff's coming at you. You got all these different people coming at you. As an assistant coach, I got the D, I got the penalty. <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. You got all these people coming at you. So, and again, he didn't have, he didn't have any time to come in and make a, do a different practice or do anything different. So it's, I hope they gave him some time to straighten that out over there. And I look at the, through this interview bones, one thing that, that people can notice and, and hear in your voice, one is the passion of the game and two, you're smiling, you're happy. And, and I want to say this too, this is what's carried you through 2,500 games. And I was with you, worked with you during an incredibly difficult time with a really bad hockey team that just couldn't win. And at the rink, yeah, you're focused on hockey. You were all about the hockey. Don't deny that you didn't put in the work, but you were always able to step away from it and smile. And we were in the bubble a year ago. That was the last time I worked. And you would pop into our coach's room before a big game and you'd just say something light and funny and smile. And remember, this is a game. Like, yeah. And you really enjoyed your time. And, and you can see it coming through here. And I just want to say that I'm so fortunate to have been a part of that and, and have you as my mentor to follow you through. Hey, it's okay to smile and laugh. Even though we're losing, it's okay. Have fun. Go have a beer. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what we all my players. I, I want my players to come to the rink and enjoy the day. It's a game, and we're lucky to be playing a game, and it's a sport, and we're lucky to be the livelihoods that we're given and the lifestyle that we're given by playing a game. You've got to enjoy it. It can't be a torture every day. You can't be uh, pounded every day. you got to have some fun. I've always wanted the players to look forward to coming to the rink and having a little fun. And it's, it gets harder when you're losing. I get that. But never take your eyes off the fact that how lucky we are. It's a blessing to be every day, even after 46 years around this league. Uh, it's a blessing for me today it, just to be able to, I'm going to go to the rink today and do some work. We're going to fly to Vegas and play tomorrow night. Like that's, it's a, it's a great lifestyle, and you, but you got to have the passion because of all the ups and downs, and that's really the only thing that's carried me over these years. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I got to bring something to the table. I got to bring passion. I got to bring energy, and I try to do that every day, but we're lucky to make a living playing a game, and you never, ever can take your, your eyes off of that. 
Rick, everybody I talk to for the story I wrote just talks first and foremost about what a good human being you are, which says a lot when when that's the first thing everybody goes to. Because I, I, let, let's be honest, in the final analysis, that's the thing that matters the most. I love this quote from Shane Doan, and, and I'll read this just before we transition into some more fun stuff. If you're going to stick around the game for as long as Bones has, you have to love the game and people have to like you. If you have those two things, you have a chance. But then, of course, you have to know what you're doing. And Bones obviously knows what he's doing. He was coaching in Ottawa when I came into the league. Four years after I retired, he's still at it. It's a great quote. Sort of summarizes who you are, in, in my opinion. Yeah, but it goes back to what I was saying. I mean, this is anybody that's worked in any job. It, it's hard. It's hard to go to work every day. And and if you can't do it with a smile, you bring it home to your family and then everybody's grumpy and it's just miserable. It's bad on your health. It's just everything is bad. So uh, Bones, uh, you know, he talked about how you want to be. I, I'm I'm out of the game right now and I don't want to be remembered for I, I want to win. Trust me, I want to win. I want my name on the cup. Who doesn't that's ever worked in this business? But when I leave, I want people to go, God, I, I liked working with that guy. It, it was fun. And, and for you, Bones. I hope you hoist that Stanley Cup over your head. I, I swear I do. I want that for you so badly. But if you don't, when you walk away from this and look at all of the young men whose lives you've affected and you've made their lives better and you've made them happier, that, sincerely, that is so much more important than having your name on a trophy. And I'll say that from me to you, Bones, legitimately, I'm so thankful that I've had the opportunity to work with you and had you as as my friend so but thank sorry. you and look you and i work great together and, and you're great to work with as well but that is more important to me my legacy what i've what an impact i've had on, on kids i read a quote once where as an old coach like when you retire do you want your players to remember your forechecking system or do you want them to remember how you treated them and i i would much prefer to be treated he treated me like a man he treated me well he was honest he was upright. that is far more important to me than have do i want my name on the stanley cup while i'm still here 46 years trying to get that it's not going to be it's not going to define me i won't let it define me and it's more important to me the impact i have on my players lives you know just getting that 2500 game getting texts from players that I coached 10, 12 years ago. That stuff means an awful lot to me and, and to my family. So, um, yeah, if we get the cup, great. We're still going to do everything we can to get there. At the end of the day, and when I retire, it's those are the things that the things that donors said. Like, I love working with the players. I want them to enjoy working with me. Well, Thank now you. we talked to Beauty, that's important to him. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. I've had to get off them. I've turned 66. I know. Watch myself now. Bones, it, it was a thing, though. I mean, we would get into a city and let's go have some chicken wings. It was well, a thing. Losing has something to do with that, man. We got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you talked about retirement a couple times. And I, I know you've got family here in Arizona. And this is an Arizona podcast. What are the chances that, and I'm not saying when you're retiring. I'm not trying to prematurely retire you, Bones. <laughs> but when you do... Is there a chance we see more of you around the Valley? Absolutely. Uh, my son, Ryan, uh, you know, as a director of pro scouting for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, he lives in Greyhawk. Uh, we've spent seven wonderful years in Arizona. We still have a lot of really good friends in Arizona. And at this point, that's where we're doing. And we have a grandson and they're living in Greyhawk. So we're going to where he is. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> but again, we've got a lot of great friends like you, Petey, and, and everyone else we've met there. We love Arizona. We love Scottsdale. So, 
yeah, you, it's a pretty good bet that when we retire, you're going to see this ugly mug around there a lot more. <laughs> well, beer and chicken wings when you do. But there we go. And on you. But I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll buy this time. Okay, <laughs> once. Once. Um, you guys never decided what, what the best chicken wings were, huh? You, you, were, you, were, you were kind of well, vague. Like I, said, I got away from those. I, Buffalo was always pretty good. Bones, I did come up with one last night. Because this did come up in our post-game show, as I'm sure you you heard on your way home from the game. Um, I don't know if you were ever there. The salt and pepper wings at the Sheraton Hotel in the Irish pub in Calgary, in the basement of the Sheraton Hotel. The salt and pepper wings there were amazing. They were my favorite all time. In Buffalo, I know it's the wing capital of North America, but, but I'm going Calgary. Bones, I, I just want to say thanks so much for doing this. Um, we really appreciate it. And with all the things going on in hockey and how busy you are to take a few minutes for us, sincerely appreciate it. Well, anything for you guys. Travel safe today and, and great luck the rest of the way. And we'll talk to you soon. And I am taking you up on that beer and chicken wings. Sounds good. Can't wait. Thanks a lot. Thank thanks, you. Bones. Enjoyed it very thanks. much. Thanks take for your care. time. That was fantastic. I tell you, it, it, what a wonderful guy. And just um, spending time with him, you know, we had we had asked him for 10 minutes today. And as you heard it, it ran way <laughs> past it because we just started talking hockey. And he did the whole interview with a smile and he's just glad to be talking about hockey. So uh, I'm glad he took the time. And uh, I know they're busy and he's got to fly out to Vegas right now. So I'm glad he took the time. Today. <laughs> yeah, definitely great to hear from him and get some perspectives from other people around the NHL, you know, not just um, the Coyotes realm. So great to hear from him. And as a reminder, um, our show is brought to everyone by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week, um, if you bet $1 on any team to score in an NFL game, and they do, which is pretty likely, you will win $100 in free bets that you can use as you please toward anything you want. I don't think you can bet on how long a coach is going to last until no. they get fired. Although or who's the, next? Or who's next to get fired. I would actually love to see some odds on that. Um, that would be very interesting. But um, there's tons of other stuff you you can bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can do same game parlays. You can parlay multiple bets for a bigger payout. Um, safe, secure, reliable, super, super easy to use. So be sure to check it out this week using the promo code PHNX and uh, bet a dollar on an NFL game. And if they score, you'll get $100 in free bets. So great deal. Be sure to um, get on that now before it changes. That's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And uh, PD, you had mentioned Craig had an article in which he also spoke with Rick Bonus on gophnext.com this week. Um, so if you haven't checked that out yet, be sure to do so um, at gophnext.com, which you can access with a membership but being a member gets you a ton of perks as well gets you uh, access to the members only discord all the written content on gophnx.com you know we talk about the coyotes struggling but the suns and the cardinals are thriving and we have coverage of them too on the website um, amazing shirts in the locker phnxlocker.com check that out as well yeah, it's a fantastic place. Honestly, there's so much going on at GoPHNX right now. And <laughs> we talked about Craig Morty eating hot dogs. And if you missed that, you better tune into the YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> 
for sure. Ah. And PD crashed the Sun Show last night. I did. You can I watch that. It was like to win. You can watch that from two perspectives on our show. You can watch their show, see in like a little inception moment of the two things happening <laughs> at once on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to that, please do. Um, also, a teaser tonight: Frank Sanders on the PHNX Cardinal Show is getting a tattoo of for Cliff Kingsbury live on their show tonight. So. There's just always something crazy happening here. It's a blast. Check it out if you haven't already. PD, anything to add from today before? No, it's time to take a deep breath and get ready for this whirlwind of a weekend we have coming up for the yep. Coyotes. Yep, back-to-back coming up, and we'll be back with another audio episode um, to talk about some of the other big news in the NHL this week because <laughs> I felt it feels like there's a lot. It feels like every week when you think there can't be more, there is – somehow um as always be sure to follow each of us on twitter at s peters hockey at leah merrill at craig s morgan at phnx underscore coyotes is where everything is and phnx sports across all social platforms if you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast please like subscribe leave us a, a review leave us a comment it means a lot to us and uh from us here have a great day and we'll see everyone tomorrow bye